Hey, I'm Benjamin Portnoy, the founder of Side Hustle Elevator. Side Hustle Elevator provides support, tools, training, and community to help you make more money and passive income through fun and fulfilling side jobs. And welcome to my interview series where I talk with people who I know are going to help you in your own side hustle to get better faster and make more money. With that, let's dive right in. Again, my name is Benjamin Portnoy, and my guest today is e-commerce expert, Julie Starr. Hi. Hi, Benjamin. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. So I have a bio here. Let me read it for you. Julie Starr's entrepreneurial journey, which I want to dig into here. This is actually, it's a great story. Uh, began when her then boss questioned her about a long lunch to see her son's school holiday presentation. This was 2006. Yes, he was in kindergarten. Okay. A month later, she quit her corporate job and has never looked back. She owns two niche e-commerce stores, one of which is an 11-year-old custom golf cart company. She's a store tasker, Shopify expert, specializing in SEO, marketing, and content. And her blog, allaboutselfemployment.com, provides guidance for people who want to stop working for other people, Mm -hmm. which I would guess is probably most of us. Everyone. So welcome. I'm, I'm really glad you could join me today and uh, give us some tips and advice on how to do business better. So we met through your Facebook group. And then when uh, I started digging in, you have this great story. So tell me, more, I, well, okay. So I did some some more digging and you have on part of your bio confession, you actually bought your boss, a copy of Office Space for Christmas one year. You gave it to him with a straight face and urged him to watch it because it reminded you of him. Now, number one, that's a pretty bold move. And number two, how'd that go? And tell us the story about uh, how you quit. That's everybody's romantic uh, fantasy of quitting their job. So tell us about it. So I mean, he, my my ex boss, he was a he was a decent person. He was just in upper middle management in a corporate life. So like you know mm-hmm. everyone else, he was forced to be a jerk sometimes. And yeah. you know actually to this day, um, we actually are friendly, and he is my Facebook friend, so he might see this. But <laughs> <laughs> but I did give him office space because he was that. Um, you know, is the report done? Is this ready? Is that ready? And I was just like, oh my gosh, like you're killing me with this. I hate this. I hate this life, you know, that I'm living, you know, taking note of when I get in and when I clock out, it was terrible. So, and I was actually in upper management and I was being micromanaged so much. So I did for Christmas. um, He gave me some like kitschy coffee bug that I never used and I gave him office space and (laughs) he was so grateful but then I think he actually watched it a couple weeks later because kind of like he got a little icy (laughs) I don't know I I make no apologies I'm kind of bold in most of what I do so very good by the way my co-host is here Nice. And he decided to come in right at the right time or the worst time. <laughs> so that's, that's part of working from home, right? Like exactly. you handle things on the fly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so did we hit, uh, first of all, did we hit your, um, uh, just what you do pretty well? Is there anything you'd like to add before we dive in here? Um. So 
I always wanted to be a writer when I was, I mean, I think from when I first started writing. So, you know, picture like a five-year-old and I'm going to, you know, write novels and be rich and famous and go on book tours. And so that was always kind of my goal. And in third grade, I was published for the first time in a kid's magazine and I thought, this is it. Like, this is the beginning of this career. Right. So it's kind of funny that years later, I am actually a writer. Like most of my um, most of my income these days is coming from SEO writing. So blog posts and um, and I kind of happened upon it in my e-commerce store when I had to write. So I started writing blogs and then I'm like, wait, this is like most of my traffic is coming from my blog posts. So um all these years later, I am a writer and I am getting paid to write, just not in the, you know, fancy, luxurious way I thought I was going to be. But sure. that's kind of like a fun fact about me is I always wanted to be a writer. That's awesome. <laughs> is there a style of, of writing that uh, maybe you still want to get into? I don't know. I mean, I, I do have like some kind of novels floating around, but I also like a lot of nonfiction too. I maybe someday if I ever retire, I'll put all my ideas out there. But for now I'm really happy with business writing and blogging and I love it. That's awesome. So let's dig right in here. Um, you are an SEO expert and especially within e-commerce and SEOs uh, just a moving target. And <laughs> It's 2019 right now, the end of 2019, mm -hmm. and all the research it can be pretty confusing. So give us some good tips just digging into SEO, uh, and you can make it specific to e-commerce if you want, mm -hmm. but what are some ways to get ranked in this day and age? So, I mean, there's a lot of technical stuff that goes into it and that can go into it, but it, on the basic level, be a good writer and answer a, a question that your target audience is asking. I mean, that's really what it comes down to is understanding your audience. So like any other marketing, if you know what problems you can solve and you know what questions your audience has and you write it down in, you know, somewhat of a decent manner and style of writing, then you will rank, you know, unless you're up against, you know, 10,000 other people that are doing the same thing. But if you know your audience intimately, you should be able to answer those questions in a way that will rank, you know, within a couple of months. And that's kind of um, how I got interested in SEO is I didn't know much about the technical aspect of it, you know, maybe six or seven years ago, but I just started putting out good content that people wanted to read without the technical stuff and it started ranking. So I thought, okay, well, the other stuff is just gravy. You know, Google is really good at judging what is high quality writing that people want to read. And it really is that simple. There's lots of tricks and tips, but that's the basics of it. Okay. Great. And for anybody, sounds like we have some back here. Can you maybe turn yours down a little bit, your speakers? Sure. sure. Let's see if that's better. Okay. Better. Is that okay. Better? Um, so it, for anybody, I, we should have prefaced it. SEO is search engine op optimization, and it's basically how you get your website pages ranked on Google or other search engines. Right. And in this day and age, age search engines aren't just Google and Bing and Yahoo anymore. It's now you have Pinterest and you have YouTube, all these social channels that actually qualify as 
search engines. So we talked about on-page factors, so being able to write well and answering questions and uh, making it not technical for people who aren't technical. Mm -hmm. um, do you have any suggestions as far as off-page things to do, activities to help rank? Well, Pinterest is my favorite. So um, it is a visual search engine. I don't even put it into the category of um, of social media anymore. So I, I mean, I think using Pinterest in your favors, it, even, even a terrible website can rank with mm -hmm. Pinterest. Um, so Pinterest is actually ranking on Google higher than a lot of people's websites, even with websites that have um, high domain ranking yeah. rating. So, I mean, if you can rank a pin that is heading to your website and that pin could easily rank above your actual website and above your competition. So that's a great way to get a brand, especially like a brand new blog or e-commerce store because the, the product pins do really well too. So that's a great way to kind of game the system while you're up and up and coming with your actual on-page um, SEO. That's great. And what about um, keyword research? Where do you go when you're first starting out? Uh, I'm a, I'm a huge, yeah, I'm a huge fan of Ahrefs, so I've had them for a long time. Um, the service, I pay for it, and I think it's worth it. But if you don't have a budget for a software program like that, I think you just use Google. So you just type in keywords and see what comes up and see what you want to rank for. And um, so I know like a lot of people have talked about skyscraping. So that's like an SEO technique where you try to beat the guy that's ranking ahead of you. But um, kind of to dumb that down a little bit, you can just see what your competitors are ranking for and try to do variations. So, I mean, just research with Google and Pinterest makes it really easy because they actually will give you, if you type in one word, they'll give you multiple variations also for Pinterest. So it's similar to Google. And I think that that's a great start, just familiarizing yourself. You don't really need a lot of fancy software when you're just getting started. Okay, great. And would you say e-commerce, ranking for e-commerce is the same as ranking in other verticals, other, uh, not verticals, but uh, other types of business? Um, it's different. So I think it's easier in a lot of regards because you can leverage the power of content um, like a blog does, but you also can leverage products. So Google has created Google Shopping, there's um, product pins and Pinterest. So there are lots of niches that are just for e-commerce that help you to get your products out there. Um, so you can kind of balance both content marketing and SEO that you would use for a standard blog, but also all of the extra product um, promotions also. So you can attack it from both sides kind of. Cool. Okay, let's go away from SEO and talk about e-commerce in general. Now you are a Shopify expert um, especially when it comes to marketing, there's this big 800 million billion pound gorilla in the room called Amazon. And uh, I, let's leave it at that. How would you compare the two for somebody who is just getting into e-commerce these days, either as a marketer or as a uh, seller? What are your options? What's the best way to go? When I started selling online, um, I kind of tested the waters and mostly I used eBay. This was so, so long ago. So in the like mid to early to mid 2000s. And um, then I did make my way into Amazon. So I've tested out both those platforms. I've been successful on both those platforms, but 
at the end of the day, I want to, I want to brand. So I want to own my business and I want control over my business. So, so it really irritates me when someone pulls up my product on Amazon and my competitor's product is right underneath it. And Amazon's like, buy this one too, or buy this one and don't buy that one. And I'm like, wait a minute, like they're on my product page and they're advertising, you know, you have no creative control and there's no, there's no personalization. So there's no getting to know your customers. You don't get your customer list. You don't get to make contact with them. There's no email marketing because they don't want to give up the email. So, I mean, it's a great platform for making some money and there's lots of money to be made and tons of people are very successful, but I like to know my customers and grow with my customers, learn from them um, and have a brand connection. And so that's why I, completely left eBay and Amazon and just dove into the waters of doing this by myself. And um, I think that it was definitely the best choice for me. That's great. Those are all very salient points. Uh, if somebody's starting in Shopify, somebody who's starting in e-com today, what would be, what are some of the biggest pitfalls? What are some things people should remember as they're getting into starting a store? <laughs> I think there are a lot of gurus out there and um, a lot of them don't like me because I hate what they're teaching, but this isn't a get rich quick. I mean, this is starting a business. It's the same as starting any other business. You're going to have to put blood, sweat, and tears into it. Do a lot of market research, get to know your audience. And, um, you know, if you're looking for a quick hustle, then yeah, you can sell, you know, a bunch of stuff from the flea market on eBay or whatever. And that's great. And I've done that too. And, but if you want to build an actual business and call it a business, you can't just throw a bunch of products from AliExpress on a platform and expect to be successful. So I really caution people to who follow people who say it's easy because it's, mm -hmm. it's not easy. So then if somebody, let's say somebody's watching and that's what's not to do, don't go spend thousands of dollars on a course that sells you a dream necessarily, right. what is a good way to get into it? Do you follow your passions? Do you look at market opportunities? How do you find those opportunities? Um, a lot of people will say follow your passions. And I think that for some people they have to, because if they're going to eat and breathe a niche or an industry for a long period of time, they have to like it. So I'm different. I like the I like the the thrill of figuring things out and building a business. And for me, it doesn't matter what the business is; it's more like the challenge of it. So um, I don't love golf cart parts. <laughs> I've actually sold all my golf carts now that my older kids are driving, and I don't even own a golf cart. So, but it's not something that I was ever passionate about. But I learned a lot about it so that I could have a great strong business. So. Whether you love your your niche or not, you have to know about it. So when your customer asks you a question, you have to be an industry you know authority on it. I write um, I write blog content or magazine content for lots of different publications, and I'm known throughout the golf cart industry as an expert. And you know because I am only because I made myself one. So I don't think you have to have a passion, but you do have to know that. If you want to succeed, you have to know about your product on a more intimate level. So you don't have to be, I'm taking notes, by the way, you don't have to be passionate, but you do, 
you do have to be an expert. Yes, knowledgeable. And that can be a process. So you don't have to have a PhD in whatever your industry is the day you launch, but you have to at least be committed to grow and educate yourself. How do you pick golf carts? <laughs> so it kind of picked me. Um, my son played Pop Warner football. He now plays for Stetson University. So, but so the um, the football, yeah, we're still doing the football thing. But when he was a, a little kid playing Pop Warner, his league had a golf cart, and they wanted to dress it up in their mascot and their like league colors and everything. So I thought, oh, that's an interesting idea. Like, let me try to help with that. And I went online. I couldn't find anything that was being offered um, online on the retail space, like dashes or, or um, like um, little logos or color, you know, their colors. So all I could find was wholesale. So I thought, hmm, let me reach out to the wholesalers. So I did. And then that's kind of how it started. So um, there was no one selling. I think I was only like the fifth retailer selling golf cart parts online when I started. Wow. Now there's wow. thousands. But, wow. Yeah. So it was really just paying attention to your everyday life and identifying a hole in the market. That's it. And that's what any business is, right? I mean, we just fill a gap or do things better than the person who's doing it now. <laughs> so if you think back to that time to, you know, maybe 10 years ago or so, uh, you look back over what you've done since then. And uh, what are some lessons you've pulled from that? I know that's a pretty common question, but what do you wish you'd known then that you know now? Um, I, my biggest regret is really just not doing it sooner. <laughs> that's my really, I mean, just like um, I was raised and so many people are raised with the mindset that you grow up, you get an education, you go to work for, you know, a great job and yeah. then yeah. you're happy. And you know, my brothers did that and I did that and I just was not happy. So I think um, not, you know, figuring out what your own journey is when it comes to your business is really important. And I wish I had just done that sooner. That's really my only advice is just to jump because you never know. And then when you run into times where in every business you would anybody would start, there's fear, there's self-doubt. What do you do or how do you get past that? What do you recommend to people? Um, I, If I'm starting to doubt a project or doubt um, a business I'm starting or any aspect of it, or I get a, an angry customer email or something, I try to go back to something I know I'm good at. So, I mean, again, that comes back to writing for me. So maybe I'll put whatever I'm doing aside for a moment and I'll knock out some, some blogs for my site or a client site. And then you know, at the end of that, I feel accomplished. And then I'm like, yeah, you know, I kick ass at that. I'll, I can handle this other thing now. So I think kind of just going back to basics and the things that you know, you're good at for like a little boost. And then of course, like having a support system. And I think that's where online comes in because still within our communities, you know, there aren't entrepreneurs like every everywhere, like there are people who get up and go to work every day. So forming online um, relationships with people who are kind of in the trenches doing the same thing you are, you know, like us, you know, it's, it's helpful to be able to reach out to someone and say, you know, today sucks. Like help me through this. Yeah. yeah. What are you done that? Just say, help me through this. Yeah. What I do have. you, what are, 
some of the best responses you get? <laughs> um, I think there are people out there that know what I've done, even if they don't know me personally. And so they'll say, yeah, but remember, like you did this or you did this, or they'll tell me that I helped them. And, you know, that I, that not everyone, like I'm not for everyone. And I think that's the biggest lesson is everyone is not supposed to be my customer. And so just reminding yourself that, you know, that guy who's being rude to you, he's not your customer. You know, we each have our own groups of people that are meant to vibe with us and we're meant to help each other in business and otherwise. And I think finding those people and just knowing not everyone's your customer can help you get through that. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So to present day, you have some interesting side hustles going on now. You have uh, your blog, you mm -hmm. have your mattress flipping business. Tell us about these. Um, the mattress flipping is so much fun. So my, my husband is amazing. And when we had my son, we did not want to put him in daycare. Um, I worked from home and he was a low voltage technician working in a lot of um, commercial construction. And he always loved it until he had to say goodbye to our baby and head out for the day. And so one day he's just like, I don't want to do this anymore. So he quit his job. And um, I think I had that effect on people and make people quit their jobs. Um, <laughs> and he, um, he was a stay at home dad for a long time. And um, now that our son is three, he's older, he's active. Um, he can do a lot more things. My husband's like, you know, I need to get back in the game. I need to make some money and do something. And so um, I found we we did a lot of searching online and I found this um, this hustle. And at first I didn't know I was kind of skeptical, but it makes perfect sense. So a lot of um, match this whole bed in the box like arrives at your door and then like it's vacuum packed and then the mattress blows up and it's amazing. So that's so huge right now. There's several brands that you could think of off the top of your head. And um, what if someone doesn't like it, like the mattress? <laughs> you know, they have this 100-day sleep return. You can't pack it back in that box and send it back. So they were doing like, um, just donate it to your local this or that, Salvation Army or whatever. But then, you know, they can't take a ton of mattresses. Mattresses are really big and they don't have a lot of room. So um, there is a company, there's a couple companies and they solve this problem and they basically hire independent contractors to go pick up the mattresses and some of them are donated and then some of them are resold. So that is what my husband and I do now. Um, and it's an amazing side hustle with full-time income and it keeps him active and my son comes along with us and it's a lot of fun. We've met some cool people. But we pick, we pick up mattresses that are either on display, that are demos, or that have been slept on a handful of times and, you know, somebody doesn't like them. And then we resell them or just redistribute them in the community. So it's amazing. It's so weird and it's so fun. That's awesome. <laughs> what are some... I've been making a list as I come, come across all these different hustles, all these different businesses of some really interesting ones. What are some of the more interesting side hustles and uh, careers you found people embarking upon? Um, I really love the whole tutoring, the online tutoring. Um, I guess about eight, six or eight years ago, I first heard of it and I thought it was amazing. And now it's huge. You know, people have monopolized on it, but I just think that's like an awesome way for 
people to connect with people all around the world. So I love the tutoring thing. Um, tutoring when I grew up was like, you know, somebody came and sat at your wooden kitchen table with a pencil. And so <laughs> I love that technology allows us to really expand our education at every stage. Um, I guess that's not weird, but that's been the one that like, I've never done it, but I love, I love talking to people who have. Um, this mattress thing is probably the weirdest thing. <laughs> it's so weird. Like, it, and it feels weird talking about it, but it's just so cool. So I guess even with the weird ones, you know, people just don't, they shouldn't write them off. They should at least explore the opportunity. <laughs> I, a few years ago was starting to learn Italian and I found, I don't remember through what site, but I found somebody, she actually lived in Canada, but she was a native Italian. Wow. She was teaching me Italian once a week for like eight bucks for a half an hour. It was just wow. crazy cheap. So those really are out there and there's so many opportunities to learn now. Um, what about that? What about uh, self-education? Will you have any recommendations on a uh, structured way of learning things besides just going to YouTube? Yeah, I mean, I I do it the expensive way. <laughs> I, I um, had my undergrad at the George Washington University. So when it was time for me to learn more about technology and kind of the future of publishing, I went back to GW and got an online master's degree in digital publishing. But yeah, it's expensive, but I'm just like an academic Kind of at heart so that's yeah. what was great for me it's so but it's really not necessary but i think that um just researching first so a lot of these courses are wonderful and i've taken so many courses too um in blogging affiliate marketing i mean like constantly updating yourself on the latest seo i'm always learning about seo it just changed again a couple days ago so um but I think research first, like don't just trust like the first like high powered video you see with a lot of screenshots of money, you know, yeah. So, but the opportunities are endless to learn. And, and that is that is definitely a prerequisite to being a business owner is you have to want to learn because everything's moving fast now. Is there a way you would recommend um, like how do you validate what's real and what's not? Because you. Uh, you get people claiming they can help you. You have uh, information that's sometimes out of date, but says it's up to date. How do you draw the line? Is it just intuition? Um, for me, it's usually um, how much how much is someone willing to give me before they try to make the sale? So there are a lot of genuine people out there. I mean, I love to help people for free, especially if I know they can't afford it. But I just keep thinking, gosh, like imagine if I had had someone to help me push out of my corporate job. So I think if you find you, there, ha, there are people that are kind that will have a conversation with you before they try to make a hard sale. And I think those people are the ones that I trust more. That's good. And it's, I assume. 10, 12 years of doing this, you've probably built up kind of a sixth sense of who's trying to hard sell you first. Yeah. Even if you're not saying so. Well, it all looks the same, right? So when all the advertising looks the same, when they're like, um, DM me for more info, or like everything starts looking like the same script, then that's kind of when you know, like, oh, they probably learned this through click funnels or through like multi-level marketing or something like that. And I just don't trust that. I mean, 
successful businesses are authentic. So I think that's it. Look for like the authenticity. Cool. Who inspires you? Whether <laughs> it's um, somebody in your field of business or, uh, you know, who can people who anybody who's watching, how can they be inspired by the same people? <laughs> um, within my industry, I'm inspired by so, so many bloggers. I mean, I do have like a long list of bloggers and some of them blog about what I blog about and some of them are totally different, but I mean, the list is really long. So like Michelle Shorter Gardner is one, like she's one of the original women to make a ton of money blogging. So I do love her and I love her content, but I mean, on a deeper, like more personal level, I, I think like Maya Angelou is amazing for me personally, just because um, I'm a woman and when I came into golf carts, I was the only woman in the industry. And somehow I usually find myself in male dominated industries. So just hearing like her centered feminine voice is powerful for me. Um, and of course, you know, my kids <laughs> inspire me because if I don't work, they don't eat and that's not going to happen. So that's motivation. <laughs> exactly. That's my motivation. And when I, when I get to see them, you know, every day, I'm inspired to continue this journey. And, um, you know, people like more conservative people in my life will say, you know, you have all this education and you can go and, you know, get a job and retirement and all this. And I'm like, but I can't see my, you know, three-year-old smiling face around the door frame. <laughs> it's like, this is definitely where I belong. You can't have <laughs> interrupt an interview. Yes, but there's a beauty in that, you know, yeah. it's a freedom. There's yeah. a freedom in that. Absolutely. Well, good. Um, two more questions. One is what's your favorite music? I'm a big music guy. So what's your favorite music that gets you through the day? Okay. So when I work, I listen to, um, because I, I'm inspired by music. So I'll get off track if I listen to music that I really love. Um, so I listen to like instrumental hip hop and R&B in the day. So there's no words. If I know the song, it might sometimes distract me, <laughs> but I try to listen to that, like kind of R&B focused music. And then um, after hours, I mean, I'm a huge um, gangster rap fan. So <laughs> I like them both. I listen to what my kids listen to. And then, you know, I love the woo. So <laughs> it's a little of everything. Wu-Tang Clan? I love the Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> I just heard a... So, you know, Rage Against the Machine is yeah. going back on tour, and I heard a, it's a rumor, but a rumor that Wu-Tang Clan is supposed to be opening for them. Yes. So in, in the 90s, I went to Lollapalooza, and I mm. saw Rage and Wu up on stage at the same time, and I think it was, like, the best moment of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Besides having kids and getting married. <laughs> That's awesome. That's very cool. Um, I just saw a video of, and I've loved this song since 1991, but Bring the Noise, mm -hmm. uh, Anthrax and Public Enemy. I love it. <laughs> and I saw a live version of it, and it was, I, I think I left in the comments, this reaffirmed life for me, or, you know, this, we do have a chance, basically. Yeah. Yes. 
<laughs> I love it. I, my kids, like, I sing along to all their music, and like, they're they just they're they're like, how do you even know this? I'm like, uh. <laughs> have you ever? Okay, I have a weird one for you. Have you have you ever heard of a genre called chap hop? No, I haven't. This is it's this splinter genre out of England. It's called chap hop, and it's basically proper English white gentlemen <laughs> rapping about English stuff. It's sort of like if Downton Abbey met, you know, NWA or something. And it's <laughs> it's, it's more <laughs> kind of on the silly side of things, almost yeah. combined with, you know, 20s and 30s swing and uh, whatever else. But I'm going to have to check it out. <laughs> it's, there's a guy named Mr. B, the Gentleman Rhymer. And... <laughs> I was getting ready for this and one of his songs came on. It's about crumpets. <laughs> so, like, so like um so like the gangster version would be like if the Peaky Blinders formed a rap band. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's it's great. really fun. Um okay, so my last question is uh what beverage starts your day and which one is <laughs> what about quitting time? Yeah. Um, I like coffee, well, only one cup of coffee to start my day. Um, and then I drink water all day and then I love champagne. So I try to end the day with a glass of bubbly, believe it or not. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Any, yeah, try to any, do it every day. <laughs> any particular brand? Um, I mean, I like Moet and Chandon, but I don't have, you know, always have the budget for that. So. <laughs> I don't discriminate. I like I like champagne, most all kinds. A little Frisnay. Yes. <laughs> Very good. Okay. Well, tell us where we can learn more about you and uh, feel this is the uh, the plug section. What, okay, great. What, uh, give us some follow up. Um. So my I have two Facebook groups. One is all about side hustles. That's really new. I'm just trying to grow it. Um. When we started doing this mattress thing, I thought I really have to get into the side hustle culture more. Um, so you can find me there if you're interested in side hustles. And if you're interested in Shopify, all about Shopify is um, my Shopify group. And then you can always hit me up on my blog, allaboutselfemployment.com. Um, my email, all my social stuff is there too. LinkedIn, I'm everywhere. So I'm not hard to find. <laughs> <laughs> Well, very good. So uh, anything else you want to add before we move on? No, I'm just so thankful that you had me on and I appreciate the opportunity. For the record, we met through, and I know you know this, I'm just kind of announcing it. We met through Julie's Facebook group, All About mm -hmm. Side Hustles. I noticed yeah. you, you the all about thing is yeah. kind of runs through your uh, your properties, your digital assets. Is there something behind that or you just like it? SEO, baby. <laughs> SEO. <laughs> yeah, when I was, um, I mean, when I was researching brands to kind of start my blog and some groups, you know, that people search that a lot. So <laughs> pay attention. That's <laughs> All right. Well, we've been talking with Julie Starr today, and this has been fantastic, Julie. I, I really have learned a lot through the whole thing. Um, so if you, Dear viewer and listener, if you got something out of our interview today, I want you to do two things. Hit the subscribe button so you never miss an, 
another episode with experts like Julie. And number two, once you've gone to all of her properties and websites, uh, go to www.sidehustleelevator.com where you'll find support, tools, training, and community to help you make more money and passive income through fun and fulfilling side jobs. So with that, Julie, this has been, again, awesome. And uh, you're in Florida. So as you said before we went live, watch out for uh, hurricanes and alligators. That's right. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for Thank taking to talk today. Thank you. Okay. Hey, thanks for checking out the episode. To learn more and get all kinds of free resources to help you in your own side hustle, go to www.sidehustleelevator.com. See you next time.